Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, I've heard a lot of what G, our previous caller, said that, well, maybe not excited. Maybe it was Pierre this week, like you usually are with the NFL draft. Just because the Saints only have that one pick in the first four rounds, you won't have a pick on day one unless they make an unexpected trade-up. But look, that doesn't mean you should be your excitement should be muted about this draft, especially that second round pick. Just look at the recent history of the Saints' second and third round picks and their success there. So get excited about that. And of course, Deuce is going to be announcing that pick live out in Nashville. It's going to be fun on Friday. Let's bring on in Doug Mouton, WWL TV sports director and friend of the show at DMouton WWL on Twitter. You can follow him there. Uh, Doug, uh, do you agree with me there? Like, you shouldn't really temper your excitement. It's still going to be a fun week. No, yeah, of course. Look, the NFL draft is fun. Uh, I mean, I, I think it is. And uh, the, the one most telling statement from Mickey Loomis today, I thought, was when he said getting uh, – somebody asked him about getting into the first round, and he said getting from 62 into the first round is going to be difficult. And I thought that was the one really telling thing because you know they're thinking about it. You know they'd love to. <laughs> but the Saints don't just have a second-round pick. It's not like they pick 42. They pick 62. It is at the, it's almost a third-round pick. I mean, it is at the end of round two. So getting up into round one, although I'm not saying it's out of the question, it becomes really difficult from an asset standpoint. But I'll say this, adding a second pick in round two or adding in round three – um, I would be shocked if the Saints actually only have one player out of the first four rounds of the draft. No, I, I'm uh, my with you. guess is, yeah. Well, look, they've made 15 trade ups since 07. Some have worked, some haven't worked, but the Saints are going to be aggressive. Sitting around and being patient and waiting their turn is just not their thing. No, and it hasn't been their thing, like you said, laid it out perfectly since Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have been together for this franchise. It's going to be so hard, though, Doug, for them to be as aggressive as they want because well, they only have – not only do they just have that pick in the second round for only one in the top 100, that's their only pick in the first four rounds of the draft. It almost – and they don't, they've never done this, so I'm not expecting them to trade back. But if there was one year, like you said, where they wanted to acquire more picks and multiple picks in that third and fourth round, then maybe this, maybe this is finally the year where we see a trade back. I don't know. Yeah, although the argument against that is they don't need a ton of help. Look, last year they drafted seven guys – by the end of the year, only three of them were still in New Orleans. Um, it, Good point. It, it's a hard roster to crack. Mickey Loomis talked about that today, and it's, and it's true, and I believe that. If you look at every position group, they got a lot of guys. There are not going to be many roster spots up for grabs when training camp begins. So you could argue this is the year when if you're going to trade up, this is one of the years when you would want to do that because you don't have that many holes. And I'll say this, they, they've got those five picks late, but they've also got a one, two, three, four, five, six next year that they have not hesitated. Last year they traded away this year's one. Two years ago when they took Kamara in the third round, they gave away the next year's two. When they took Mark Ingram in round one, they gave away the next year's one. They haven't been afraid to trade away next year's picks. That's three times 
that they've given away either the first or the second round pick the next year, and they'll do that again. There's somebody they like in round two. They could trade them a five or a six this year and next year's one and get the deal done. I'm not endorsing that. I'm not saying that's what they should sure, do. Sure. I'm just saying that is their history. So I would say once we get past about 20 picks into this draft, be on the lookout because the Saints could – I doubt they can get into the end of round one, but it's possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, high alert. You always want to be on high alerts when, when yes. this team is is drafting. There's no doubt about it. Talking to Doug Mouton, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4. You mentioned needs, and certainly a hot topic this week on sports radio. What are the big needs? Is center a big need for them, Doug? They have Nick Easton, who they brought in. They also have Cameron Tom, but of course we know Unger's retirement uh, right before the free agency period hit them a little bit at that spot. Yeah, no question about it. Um, but I'll say Unger announced his retirement on thir- on a Saturday that came out. Uh, Nick Easton had already visited on Thursday before that, so clearly the Saints saw this coming. Yeah, I, I would not put center as a great – look, the three I, – I looked through this roster for a long time on Sunday, uh, yesterday, to write a story for fourth down and four, and I thought the three biggest things they needed. One, I think they needed defensive tackle because – Sheldon Rankins could miss – well, you, uh, you got Malcolm Brown in free agency, but Sheldon Rankins could miss significant time. Um, David Onyemata, who then becomes your two early in the season, could be suspended. That leaves you with, with uh, Taylor Stallworth, an undrafted free agent last year who did some good things. Um, obviously would need to take a step forward. He, he might be your best guy in week one after Malcolm Brown. They could definitely use a rotational player at defensive tackle. I think that's one. Then two is, I, and maybe I believe this more than Sean Payton and the Saints do, I think they need a wide receiver. I think, uh, obviously, Mike Thomas is as good as it gets. Ted Ginn is 34 heading into the season. Uh, Keith Kirkwood and Traquan Smith both – did some good things last year. Both will have to take a step forward. We don't know what we're getting in Cam Meredith. And, and you want to play three of those guys. And right now i got one I can count on, hopefully two in Ted Ginn, then a bunch of question marks to the three. I would certainly like to see him go get um, a big wide receiver that could play in the slot. Jared Cook certainly helps in the passing game. It does mitigate that a little bit, but I still think you need a wide receiver. Then third thing, Maybe not so much center because you got to you need tackle depth. They they could certainly use some depth on the offensive line. But if they keep all five of those late picks, take two or three offensive linemen. Hope one or two of them stick around and uh, and you can make projects. To me, those are the three areas that I think for me have the biggest ask. Yeah, I had people asking me on Twitter. You know, are the Saints going to draft a quarterback this year? I said I, I can't see that. Not with Teddy back. Uh, this year, but maybe, I guess. It had to be a later-round pick, though, Doug, right? I just don't see that as any a need at all for them right now. Yeah, and actually, I thought Mickey Loomis almost teased that a little bit. He was asked the, the positions of the draft that he thinks are the strongest, and he mentioned quarterback, and he said it's really deep, um, which I, I, maybe I just heard this, and he didn't mean it this way. I thought 
oh, well, that means they've got a bunch of quarterbacks they like late. Maybe they do take a shot in round six or seven at a quarterback. I definitely don't think it's a need spot. Teddy Bridgewater is the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL at $7.25 million this coming season. Obviously, you're making a big investment in a guy you hope will be your quarterback of the future. He's the 22nd highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He's making more money this coming season than 10 starters. Um, and Taysom Hill, Sean Payton goes on and on about his ability to be an NFL quarterback. So it, it seems like you have those guys. Although I also was reading a story about the New England Patriots. And with look, it's the model franchise, whether you like them or not, just for the amount of games they've won. And they believe quarterbacks have the highest value in the draft because if you can hit on one, even if you don't keep them, they have the biggest trade value. New England has made that work with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, trading them and getting more value back than what they put into it. So from a value standpoint, it, it doesn't hurt to take a quarterback if they feel like there's a guy in those last couple of rounds that might have a shot. Yeah, and it's before those guys, Matt Castle or, or the Hoyer, Brian Hoyer. No, right. Yeah. A whole series. It's it's a their organizational philosophies are extremely interesting. Trading back twenty nine times since oh seven. I said the Saints have traded up fifteen times. They've traded back twenty nine times. <laughs> the number of trades they make is mind boggling. And they also manipulate the NFL's uh, uh, supplemental pick system to, to where they trade for veterans more so than they go sign free agents, and then they lose free agents. So every year they're getting extra draft picks from the NFL because they've lost more free agents than they've signed. They manipulate things. They work systems in ways that the Ravens do that too with those uh, supplemental picks. Um, but it's really interesting some of the things the Patriots do um, to, to sort of give themselves extra chances in the draft. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting to bring up those two. I said that right before we got on air, Doug, that it, there's teams like the Saints who are ultra-aggressive, and that's their philosophy at draft time. And then you have teams that are always trading back. And I said the Patriots, the Ravens, the Seahawks, the Packers are usually the ones to do that and just gobble up a ton of picks and then hope something sticks. <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, and, and look I- – I'll say this, around 2012 and 2013 when things were, uh, or, or maybe 2014, when things weren't going great for the Saints, I remember saying on air and, and thinking how much it drove me up a wall that they would trade away these picks. And I've kind of come full circle on the Saints' aggressive theory. Look, the Saints' theory, under Sean Payton, this team is going to be ultra-aggressive in every way. They're going to onside kick in the Super Bowl. They're going to uh, – a lot of the national criticism that Peyton got for throwing on first down with under two minutes to go in the NFC Championship, that's just what he's going to do. He's going to trade up. Everything about the way he runs the team is going to be aggressive. The results speak for themselves. So to me, if you want a conservative coach who's going to trade back – and, and gobble up picks, you got to get another coach. Because <laughs> Sean Payton is not wired that way. So either you accept the aggressiveness when it works and when it doesn't work, or go find another coach. Yeah, amen. Those are your only two questions, only two choices. You cannot make Sean Payton not be aggressive. Amen. That's, that's well said, Doug. Do you have any thoughts on the Saints schedule that was released last week? I don't think I've talked to you since then. 
Yeah, you know, I, Mickey Loomis said it today, I, and, and I've heard a lot of people say how hard it is and they're not happy about it. I love the really difficult games right at the beginning because nobody remembers those games by December. I say get them over with, get them done, and get better as the season goes on. Your team in September often doesn't resemble the team by December. So I have no – I mean, you knew who you played anyway. There was no surprise by who they played. It was just the order, and it's a tough first four. So Good. Get it over with. Have the back end be – you know, slow down a little bit for you. Um, I, I think it's a schedule that sets up well for them. Um, they only got one Thursday game. I know they hate Thursday games. One is the least they were going to get, so I think that's a good thing. They got the bye right in week nine in the middle of the season. There's been weeks when they've had it so early in the year that it almost doesn't help. Now, there's a lot of things I like about the Saints schedule, but uh, front-loading is not a bad thing, I, I don't think. No, and that Thursday game, I just – think i wonder if the nfl sees those saints falcons ratings and they're just going to make that a staple on thanksgiving now second straight year that that's happened and i don't believe they've done that uh, uh, since they went to three games on thanksgiving I mean, it's the first time you see a team uh, play each other back to back especially when it's not the cowboys or the those lions games yeah i would agree i would expect to see that for a while unless the falcons completely fall off the table and i'll say this from a tv standpoint nationally the saints overperform all the national averages. I'm not talking about locally. Locally, the TV ratings are absurd when the Saints play. I mean, literally, the 15 highest-rated TV shows of last year in New Orleans are 15 Saints games. But nationally, the Saints overperform every average. And networks love the Saints. I mean, the Saints the Saints bring it's a small market team. I think, simply put, the Saints have been fun to watch for the last decade or so, and I think football fans watch them. Uh, the Chiefs are overperforming national averages too now um, uh, with Pat Mahomes quarterback because they're fun to watch. So, from a national standpoint, you're going to see the Saints with a lot of. I mean, they they do have a lot of national TV games. I wouldn't be surprised if they got flexed into a couple of more because they're fun to watch. Well, draft week is here, Doug. It, it's always fun. This year is going to be no different it's because the Saints don't have a first-round pick. I think you and I agree. Uh, still going to be must-watch television. Really appreciate the chat, Doug. We'll do it again. Thanks so much. Anytime, Seth. All right, Doug Mouton, WWL-TV sports director at DMouton, WWL. You can find him on Twitter. Open up the phone lines for you now. What do you think about the Saints draft? What do you think about their plans to either trade up or trade down? What would you do? 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Open lines for you now. And our text line is 870-870. And we do have a texture telling us the causeway is indeed back open now. Back after this on The Last Lab. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.